everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, you're welcome along. We're back remote. Johnny Ward with COVID. It's supposed to be at Cheltenham. Instead, I'm in my living room. Dan McDonald is off for Cheltenham, as is traditional every year. And uh, we have to reflect on an amazing two rounds of games uh, in the first and Premier Divisions in the League of Ireland. And this week's show is brought to you by uh, Future Ticketing. And we'll hear from uh, you boys in green later on, John O'Neill, uh, who's organising a fundraiser for the Ukraine crisis for the Red Cross uh, in association with Future Ticketing as well. Um, so we'll hear from John. We are in association with Collar and Cuff as well, uh, who are giving away um, a shirt and a tie if you buy uh, a nice suit in Collar and Cuff in Glasnevin. Uh, it's Shelton Week and all of that. Uh, as well as that, we are with the Porterhouse Brew. And we didn't have a winner. Did not have a winner of the Mystery Voice this week. So whoever wins it this week uh, is going to win double the prize because it's going to roll over. Uh, so we have lots to discuss today. And on the show, we're going to hear from Stephen O'Donnell, Leon Poles, and Stephen O'Donnell uh, presided over Dundalk's fifth draw of the season, unbeaten Dundalk's fifth draw of the season against Shamrock Rovers last night. And Shamrock Rovers custodian Leon Poles had a rare uh, try in goal. And he kept a clean sheet, Dan. He did, Johnny, yeah. Um, could you call him a custodian? I mean, what, 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 what's that? I don't know why you hear a word. I mean, what's the actual, what's custodian mean? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's one of these, you know, go, goalkeeper. We were struck with interest in a while ago. Yeah, but, I, but we definitely haven't used the word custodian before on the show. Uh, like, what, what's the, I'm not going to look up the, the, the exact deck. This is the, the beauty of remote here. Like, you know, custodian, a janitor, a person who cleans and maintains buildings, but also a goalkeeper in association football. I just would have thought, like, I assume to be more of a, a regular presence. Like, he's more like a, a stand-in janitor, Leon Pauls, to be clear. Like, you know, he wouldn't be like, um, he wouldn't be like Jeff and Biker Grove, who was always there. It'd be like yeah. Jeff's backup, you know. Um, watching the Peaky Blinders, Dan. Well, that's very different to Biker Grove, I would imagine. He is. That's two strong, um, two strong accents in different parts of England, I guess. Yeah, that's a shame now. Like, I mean, uh, your your COVID dose. I mean, I know it's Cheltenham week. You probably weren't meant to really be on the show this week. You're meant to be over in over in the other side of the water. So I, I express express my sympathies on that. So it's like a typical sort of uh, you know the, the fate of the League of Ireland fan. Like you sort of got COVID after everyone else has you know has moved on from it. You know, isn't it? It's just like it's just like it's just not on trend. Although oh, that's actually wrong because the League of Ireland actually is now fashionable. Like the crowds are like holding up uh, incredibly well. I would have thought for the Monday games even last night. Um, and we will get on to our mailbag in a minute because that's really going to be more the centerpiece of the show because it's actually a good spread of comments from people that I think yeah. cover a, a variety of the, the stories. But personally I was at uh because uh, I know you weren't able to make games, just unfortunately with your diagnosis on Thursday. I was at, and and, and sometimes you forget these Friday games because you have the Monday ones so fresh in the mind. But like on Friday, I was at the Dublin Derby uh, between Shamrock Rovers and Bow with what seven and a half thousand people there in Tala. Uh, really good occasion. Um, not necessarily a really good game, I would say. It sort of always threatened to become a good game and and never really got there. Um, whereas last night. Um, Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers we're speaking on Tuesday morning now um, I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really enjoyable game um, you get there you see Alan Manis isn't playing Stephen Bradley of the Dundalk Persuasion isn't involved um, a few other absentees as well too so you've got Leon Poles thrown in at the last minute um, who makes some good saves after a, a shaky start it must be said um, and then you've got Nathan Shepard who's probably taken a bit of flack or certainly come on in for some questioning uh, this season, making an extraordinary second half save from Aaron Green on top oh, of Gordon Banks. Some, some other good saves, yeah, in the match. So, but just in general, I, I just really liked the game. Um, it was my first time seeing them dock, and I have to say, uh, they were better than I thought they were going to be. Um, just based on maybe some of the descriptions of their performances in recent weeks, and you know, you keep hearing things are, are reasonably good behind the scenes there, in the sense of. There's a feeling that group will improve and that group will improve. Like, I, I, I must admit, now you're kind of coming away last night thinking, yeah, O'Donnell's Dundalk are, they're going to be in time. And it may not be this season. You hear Stephen O'Donnell maybe suggest that, but you can already see they have a little bit of an identity developing. Um, 
so they're going to be a good side in the coming years I think as well um, as much as it's dangerous to sort of uh, make judgments on one game but you can just see it and in a way it was a little bit like the O'Donnell at Pats where he started with two up front against Rovers which he, which he did at times last season um, and in a short space of time you can sort of see this team um, yeah starting to take some shape but Rovers to be fair had a great 20 minutes after half time uh, where they were very good you know and they sort of stepped up and um, you know even listen to Stephen Bradley afterwards uh, we don't we don't have it here but just in the general chat um, you know I was sort of speaking to him while you know Sligo Rovers who they play on Friday they're in great form you know Dundalk is going to be a deeper league this year and maybe that to a Shamrock Rovers person is suggesting they've won weak leagues in the previous years and I can understand why that could be a little bit um uh, a niggle but I do, you know, his, his, I, and saying that I think his response was like listen it's always like this in the first series of games um, so don't get carried away about it but I, I still do believe there might be a little bit more depth uh, around the top end this year in terms of the competitiveness and that top four race is going to be a pretty thrilling one I think Well the Shamrock Rovers are fourth at the moment Stephen O'Donnell must be cursing Jimmy Hill for the introduction of three points for win because these uh, wins aren't helping at all. The Dock have drawn five games already, which is quite yeah. Bad. Jimmy Jimmy Hill, yeah. I mean, he was good for the minimum wage, though, wasn't he? Or he, he abolished. He helped to abolish the. the did he, he? He definitely had a big issue, big big thing about wage structures in English football. Jimmy Hill, didn't he? I'm trying to think. Yeah, he was a big Sky Blues man. He was a total innovator in fairness. He came up with a load of ideas. Just on the pitch, Dan, you were saying you really enjoyed the game last night. The late night LOI debate uh, Friday, we got to uh, talking to Shane Keegan, who was sort of defending the AstroTurf. It's just something that's a bit relevant at the moment because um, like climate change is obviously going to cause chaos in many ways. And in the west of Ireland at the moment, there's been an awful lot of rain. So the pitches in Sligo, uh, Finn Park have been bad. Like they've gotten a lot of criticism and, you know, the pitches, um, obviously there's a serious, serious issue with Limerick at the moment where they haven't even had a game. And as we speak, their game against Cork on Friday is actually up in the air in terms of the pitch. So where do you stand on this? Aaron McAniff had an interview in the Sunday Times on Sunday where he's like, you know, I couldn't join Derry City because I can't play in that pitch, basically. Jordan McAniff, Jordan. Sorry, Jordan, Jordan. McAniff. Um, where do you stand on it? Because it's, uh, I don't know, like it's sometimes Astro games can actually be very good. Like, and I, like if you have two technical teams, maybe like last night, it's fine. It's not, not for me though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not for me either, really. I mean, I think the, the, I think Dundalk will lift their, their plastic pitch in the next couple of years. I think that'll happen. Um, the Derry one is apparently a little bit better. Um, just listening to people. Um, I, I don't know. I like... Just what's happened with some of these pitches in the west of Ireland like there was I was in, in a schoolboys debate at the weekend a schoolboys football debate at the weekend where it was pointed out to me that there was like uh, 58 games in the Donegal schoolboys league at the weekend you know and, and was one match called off mm-hmm. so um, I think as well it does seem like this season this there was a dry winter and then bad weather and there seems to be Issues. I mean, the showgrounds. I don't think has ever been a talking point really in recent years in terms of the pitch, and yeah, it's been an issue this year. So there's clearly some weather abnormalities. But I think there has to be questions in some cases. I think about maybe just pitch maintenance as well, or I should mention pitch as well, which hasn't been great. Where, where the pitches? Yeah, exactly. Like, and you know, you have some pitches that are cancelled maintained different clubs with different situations. They obviously can't have, um, you know, full-time grounds people in some cases. And I, I know in these cases as well, there are people who devote time to it who would be offended by us talking about their work as though it's some standard. Maybe they need support or, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, some pitches can be overused. Like UCD, they have rugby, you know, at the moment, which is a which is a big problem. Um, sorry to offend you. I know you've been to a lot of Six Nations games this year. Mm. But, look, I think... I, I think you know, there's 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 various factors here, um, because obviously there'll be pitches in the same parts of the the country that are perfect at this time. So clearly, some things aren't being done right. But um, yeah, as well, Jimmy Hill, too. by the way, was the maximum wage. Jimmy Hill was the, he abolished the maximum. the maximum wage, of course. Whereas in the League of Ireland at the moment, I know that there are discussions at the moment uh, going on mm. uh, involving the PFEI. Uh, and clubs maybe but introducing a minimum wage for our professionals um, to maybe stop the situation where players come in as pros on 50, 75 quid a week. And then they can be retained on that same amount if a retention letter is done and no one else sort of wants them. Um, and there's obviously 
uh, there's a there's a middle ground to be found between the two. You mentioned Michael the title Duffy. race as well and the, the battle for yeah. fourth. Um, Derry City very much in the title race, but like this is unbelievably bad luck, obviously for the player, uh, but for Derry as well, who lost Kieran Harkin to a serious injury uh, very, very recently. And Michael Duffy's news this morning, um, I don't know, Dan, how could you not feel for him? This is just so unfortunate. Stratful. I was up at the Shamrock Rovers game a couple of weeks ago. One of the first people I met coming into the ground was Michael Duffy. Um, I had a great chat with him just about, you know, just coming home and all of that. And and to be honest, he was just so gutted to miss the start of the season with a muscle injury and was could tell his frustration. So when I initially saw him going off last night, I sort of assumed he'd tweak that problem. Um, what it was. It turns out it's something completely different, the fractured tibia. I don't know what the prognosis is. Uh, you know, is he gone for the season? Is it? Can he come back? I don't know. Like you remember, didn't Robbie Benson a couple of years ago do a, the first game of the in, the season against mm. Sligo? Didn't he do a sort of a little fracture or something? So, you know, medicine has advanced to the point where I don't know. Like he was carried from the pitch. It wasn't like one of these gory ones, if you know what I mean. So I don't know if does that make a difference or not. Mm. Um, but uh, ah, it's just a sickener for him. I suppose in some ways, there's two ways of looking at it. I did a piece of Philip O'Doherty. Like if, if Michael Duffy's Michael Duffy, okay, he's an asset. Everyone will want him. He's on a four-year deal at least, so it's not as if there's stress there about say he's on a one-year deal. And and you know, does this mean at the end of the season his negotiating power was weakened in some way if he has some question mark over him? So you know, contract security for players is important, but obviously for clubs, you know, some clubs would look at it, not Derry, but some clubs would look at this and say, well, you have to be careful with these things, you know, but um, mm. I don't know. It's, 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 it's not like it's, it's, it, it's, it, hopefully it's a straightforward fracture and therefore it's a straightforward recovery. You know, it's not like it's one that um, will inhibit him in the, the coming years, you yeah. know, in some ways, like uh, if he, if he had torn the hamstring off the bone or something for someone like him who's quite explosive, this is an injury that can haunt players coming back. Hopefully this is just a straightforward fracture. That's a straightforward heel and he's back to being his best soon. But um, just to make it's, sure a, it's a big blow. Like, I mean, from what I've seen at Derry this season, you could watch them and think, yeah, they're a good side, but they really miss that sort of change, change of yeah. pace that Duffy can give you in certain games. So that's like a, that's a serious blow for their for their prospects, yeah. Yeah, and like obviously McElhinney's injury record is well documented, and I guess uh, you know he's himself has has not been available the whole time, uh, so it wasn't probably Michael Duffy you were expecting to be on the injury table. No. Best of luck to him. Um, I did mention as well on um, Friday night after the game that um, plenty to talk about uh, next week, including this filth from Stephen Mallon. I was just thinking of this last night. This is the Stephen Mallon little cameo against Shamrock Rovers. Um, it was pointed out to me um, by let's just say a member of, of the Rovers party that Shamrock Rovers actually won the game quite comfortably. Why do we need focus and stuff like this or whatever? Well, who said that? Who said that? Uh, name no them. Name them. Reason, name reason, them. Uh, name who is, said that. Name no who said comment. that. What? It's like I was walking in, like, honestly, the amount of people who, I, I, I'm not going to name them, but like, you know, oh, why aren't you? I walked into Tala on Friday and it's like, again, it's like, oh, I was a member of the Rovers board. I don't mind saying it. It's like, well, why aren't you, uh, you're not following Damien Duff again today? I'm like, yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, wh- why would I go and watch this person who's bringing all these new sort of eyes onto League of Ireland pieces? Why would I do that? You know, why would you do that? So it was a five Honestly. second clip, a five second clip in these uh, times of short attention spans. It could have actually been a four second clip. And um, I'm not sure of the legality even of me putting it up in the Twitter account, but we were talking about it at the time. And I said, I'll put it up. So put that up anyway. It's a five-second clip as opposed to like, you know, a tweet saying... You're getting value You're getting value for money from your... You got, you're getting value for money from the seven euro you paid, Johnny. You know? Uh, I heard you paid, yeah, you, paid, you, paid, you paid 12 euro on Friday night and I heard you were complaining about it. It's like, well, hang on, what happened to Mr... You know, this I is a great deal. I about the 7 to 12 euro. I was complaining about the fact that I, I spent 7 euro in one game. That was fine. Spent 5 euro in the Carlisle grounds and was literally, um, you know, paying for a video of the halfway line for 90 minutes. It was an absolute disgrace. So I was giving out about that. Well, you know, at but least the, maybe, maybe, so maybe the pass isn't great value for money at first no, division I level. So, so I, was the 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 pass. Night, I was on the couch yeah. last night, unable to go to Galway, yet able to pay 5 euro to watch a perfect stream of Galway United against Treaty. I was absolutely delighted and people are giving out about this. Anyway, the point about Matt, is 
So the, the, obviously the SSC or Tristy League account put it up uh, afterwards at uh, the official footage, blah, 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 blah. But I'm guessing, give or take, it's going to get one and a half million views. What social media is doing for the League of Ireland at the moment is unbelievable. Like that you can promote the product like that, a game that's so controversially wasn't on TV. And within a few days, this has gone absolutely viral. A little cameo in the League of Ireland. Yes, Shamrock Rovers did win the game. Social media is part of the up, uh, the upturn in interest that has basically been maintained because we had big crowds again last night despite being Monday fixtures. No, no, there's no doubt social media is where it's at in terms of like getting out there quickly. And I mean, it's, it's mad to believe like... It, you know, there was a time where you'd have to wait 72 hours to see that or maybe not even see that at all. Um, and that speaks for itself, you know. And, and in saying that, like, you know, I know the League of a New Highlights programme uh, as well. That doesn't seem to be generating debate. I still believe maybe, you know, should they be clipping and putting out more of that discussion? Because that doesn't even seem to be registering in the League of Ireland discourse at the moment. Maybe, um, I don't know, uh, did they... Yeah. does that only happen if you have pundits in there sort of firing out uh, bullets, you know, and and are you going to do that on an official league programme? Yeah. Possibly not. So, but, you know, but in saying that the, the clips of the actual goals uh, or the scale or whatever, when you think about it, Rovers, like, listen, they won the league in 2020, but the most viewed thing in Talib is probably the Flores goal. Mm. You know, they'll probably win the league this year and could be that the most viewed thing is the man clip. I mean, it's a great arena for other teams to go there do things, but maybe still lose the match. Like, you know, I mean, that's not a bad deal for Rovers. Everyone still thinks Tala looks good, you know. But anyway, let's, there is let's a move on. From... though, that managers are deeply unhappy with uh, the lack of a pass because it appears that some managers aren't talking to the media in, in response to this at the moment. Um, have you heard about well, this? Well, I haven't noticed this. I haven't noticed this. All managers have spoken to me at the games I've been at. So, do you want to be more specific? Uh, well, I can't really because um, I, I, I can't say it entirely as a factual thing, but uh, there are reports from one of the grounds that one manager is so annoyed about the lack of a season pass that he's not talking to the media at the moment. Well, maybe, actually, sorry. It might be that they're not speaking to League of Ireland TV. That yeah. might be it. Sorry. There's a sorry, big difference exactly. between that and speaking to the media. Exactly. Sorry. Yeah. And that's quite specific. So it'll be interesting. And said man, in fairness, has done more for this game. than Interesting. Something. Interesting. But, I would, said man might go to a lot of games themselves anyway. Um, he, you he, know. Certainly he certainly would. He certainly would. So, do you want to get to? Uh, will we go to Leon or we go to the main? Let's go to Leon Poles. I spoke to Leon Poles. The, the rarely seen. I was not expecting that. The rarely seen Leon Poles, who again, I, I, I honestly, I got to the game last night. I tweeted out the team sheet and didn't even notice that Alan Manis wasn't okay. in goals because it wasn't something I was even looking for. If you know what I mean. You know, oh, what the hell's going on? Turns out Alan Manis was sick. Leon Poles played. He kept a clean sheet. I spoke to him after. I just ask how you how you enjoyed that. You've had to be patient to sort of wait for a chance like that. Definitely enjoyed that, like you know, especially up here. Um, you know, feel comfortable. Sorry. Uh, definitely feel comfortable up here. Uh, it was the crowd and all gets me going, like and yeah, definitely uh, enjoyed that today. Um, clean sheet, happy days, yeah. When did you know you were playing? Uh, to be fair, around 10 a.m. in the morning. Just got a call that I'd possibly play and. Um, you know, I'm ready for every game. Then just realizing that it's happening, it's just, it's just a lovely feeling. Um, you know, just wanna wanted to keep a clean sheet today, and um, that's what we've done. Um, and now looking forward to Sligo and yeah, just keep moving. Did like they put some pressure on in the early minutes, but did you feel like you sort of overcame that patch, if you know what I mean, as a team, and you sort of settled into the game because they were pumping a lot of balls into the box and putting a bit of pressure on everyone early on. Yeah, to be fair, it's just the crowd get them going, you know. Um, Astro probably probably ground, you know, no excuses, but um, just took us a minute to get going, and I thought, you know, towards the end of the first half, we, we played very well, confident, and yeah. Just, just different, you know, up here on the, on the pitch. And I think we got going very quick then, 15, 20 minutes into the game. So, yeah, just you know, next time we're up here, start from the beginning. What's the life of a number two goalkeeper like where you have to, you know, you have to turn up training every day and you have to put your work in, yet there's every chance you know you're not going to play at the end of the week. It's a, it's a, it's a challenging brief. Well, look, you hear different opinions on that, um, being a second keeper. I'd say it's really difficult. Um, uh, it's just, it's just you know, with Al in front of me, um, I'm just very thankful I had him in front of me because I learned so much from him when it comes to attitude, mental, you know, toughness, um, confidence, showing up every day, showing the lads, the gaffer, that, you know, you want to play. You never have to, uh, you can never lose your hunger. And it's just, you know, that feeling today, getting that call, um, 
you know, all the manifestations coming true now and just, you know, enjoy that game. I, I reckon, you know, I'll be back maybe for next game, but just, just playing today was a great experience and, you know, just keep working hard and um, just part of being a second keeper, you know. I know, know what it takes and, yeah. Yeah, like how do you motivate yourself? I mean, it does does demand you to sort of be a really good professional to sort of keep your your yeah. standards up if you know it's like you know the strikers can rotate and maybe get on the pitch for 10 minutes if they're not picked yeah it doesn't yeah. happen for you obviously definitely yeah I mean as I said you just have to manifest it you know every time you go to training just gotta just think and tell yourself you know you're playing the next game and just play as you as you uh, train as you play mm. and you know that's just just the, the way to do it um, you know it's been all what three years um and I mean, I played the end of the season, you know, different games uh, at Bowles and it was a great experience as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, you know, just always having a back in mind, anything can happen and just never got to lose the hunger. I think that's the biggest part, never lose your hunger. Because I was just thinking it's hard, like there's no League Cup, for example, this year, which is generally a game, you know, competition where a number two goalkeeper knows he can play. It's probably... That's a slight frustration, maybe, those opportunities that people in other leagues maybe get. You see the League Cup as sort of a great one to come in and play. Yeah, um... I mean, talking, you're talking about the game now at Patson? No, no, sorry, I'm talking about the fact, like, the EA Sports Cup. Ah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's, definitely, it's, definitely. It's, it's not here anymore, and that used know, to be a sort of a, you know, a game where you can get some sharpness or something like that, yeah, you know? to be fair, it's, it's just great to just have played that game today again. It's just getting comfortable. You know, we train, like, um, a game, but you just can't uh, imitate having fans around and all that. Um, so I think there's a President's Cup now. I reckon I'll play that one. Um, spoke to the gaffer and he said I'll be playing that oh, game. Oh, is that the United the Union Cup competition? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah President Cup or United yeah, Union. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, against Pats, you know, buzzing for that one as well. So I was mentally switched on anyways, like from the se- uh, beginning of the season, but especially now, you know, just doing everything right, having no regrets, you know, when it comes down to preparation, game preparation, um, you know, being sharp on the pitch and all that. And yeah, it was, it was great today, you know, and it is what it is, you know, just got to stay hunger, uh, hungry, uh, keep yourself motivated, you know, talk to your coaches and wait for your chance, you know, could be another year now or another week, so never lose the hunger and yeah. Um, that's how I feel about it. You must quite like it here, though. I mean, in Ireland, it's, you can't tell, like remind me how you ended up coming here again. <laughs> and you, you seem to have sort yeah. of like you know you've, you've stuck it out. Yeah, yeah, I played. You want to just move on? Um, yeah, to be fair, like um, I came over from England. Um, you know, I was um, studying there, and we just had a trial game against Shamrock Rovers B team, and I've done well. Um, Gaffer talked to my coach back then and just said, "Look, give him a chance." And um, yeah, that's how I ended up here. You know, um, and honestly, yeah, I love Ireland, um, especially you know fans in here. They they love the sport and. It's just great, you know, now getting my chances uh, more and more often. Um, can't wait, you know, Yeah. to have it on, to have a, on a weekly you, Are you living yeah. in the house with all the players? Or Yeah, yeah, we, I do. Um, they have a gaff uh, just about uh, um, across the training pitch. Um, and, yeah, it's just, you know, living with them, having them around is always great. And, yeah, you, you really get to love the place and um, got to love the place. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just, you know... It is what it is now. It like, is what it is. Where yeah. did you grow up in Germany? Sorry, what part of Germany are you from? I'm from Hamburg, um, up in the north. Okay. So, same weather, to be fair. I think yeah. we're on the same. same <laughs> the plane, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, basically it's second home now. And, um, yeah, buzzing for the season now, you know. We all, the whole team is going now for, for the three league, cup, uh, league titles. Um, and just happy to be part of that now, you know. Um, at least playing one game so far and yeah you know yeah and you were busy tonight I mean, you got to make two big saves from Huben there was one header in each half so yeah. you sort of got to actually make a real impact in the match yeah well that's that's my job and I'm just glad I saved them too um, and yeah look clean sheet that's that's what I care most about um, if we don't score up front to be fair I think their keeper should have had man of the match um, mm played unbelievable um, very, for, very happy for him as well you know um, as a keeper um, but look we've got to use our chances and that's that's what it is like you know we're happy to take the point now um, I think last time we were up here we, we lost yeah so you lost both your games here so, last season yeah. yeah yeah so you know happy to take the point um, clean sheet and yeah 
Move on with it. Move on with it. Right, yeah. Listen, good to talk to you, Leon. Yeah, the German Poles, uh, as you might be known. And he came in, Dan, um, did, was not expecting that uh, accent at all. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't know, you know what, like, I hadn't even interviewed him before. So you don't really know mm-hmm. someone well enough. But I, I was listening back to it after going, why did I not like, make some quip about his, his accent? He was so, a really nice guy. Yeah, no, he did. He did. Like, I don't know who he's been living with. That he, like, I didn't even lead races, certainly in that house. I don't know which, like, you know, you, you pick up the accent of someone that's around you. Mm. Like, you end up, like, speaking, like, a little, pick up a little bit of their mannerism. Like, Lee Grace has been there for a few years. Like, Greg Bolger was there for a while in that house, I think. Like, I'm trying to figure out where he's got the, some of the little Irish sort of. It's a sad thing because um, if you, well, I mentioned Peaky Blinders, like, it doesn't get more brummy than that. But, like, in the future, from like Ballin College to Ballymead, you know, kids are going to sound the same. They're going to sound like they're basically YouTube kids. Um, accents will be gone, so we should cherish it while we last. While we have these Irish accents. Speaking of YouTube kids, you see, Robbers had that guy um, yes. who I've never heard of called Torgan at the game on Friday. Now he's eight hundred thousand, um, eight hundred thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube. So like, we're doing it all wrong here. But we did have one of the comments in the mailbag was about what YouTuber would you want to have at a game next? I'm like, I'm like, what? What is a YouTuber? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even. Both of us I don't, turn 40 this year. Yeah, do we have any other favourite YouTubers? But anyway, I did watch this guy, Torgan. I mean, he is quite um, he's quite popular, you yeah. know. Um, he seems to have a sort of a big fan base there and stuff, you likes know. The, likes um, the Guinness. Likes the Guinness. Like, there's, there was a small bit of vibe about him of, like, um, uh, a soldier of the empire sent to, like, Singapore in the 1950s, if you know what I mean. Like, he wasn't yeah, a mystery. Sent out there, you know, to sort of represent, but a slightly, you know, very nice fella, you know, genuine fella, the kind of guy you'd want to come in and sort of, you know, represent the crown in your part of the world. You like, you I've know, the more the acceptable face. I've always thought that English football fans, um, when they're introduced to League of Ireland, they're they're really, really um, favourably disposed towards it. And uh, I just felt as well, Dan, that like that Chelsea Man City game at the weekend, for example. Chelsea not, Newcastle. Chelsea Newcastle. Newcastle. Notwithstanding all the. Johnny, you had a Saudi flag on your Twitter account when you like, like you threw yourself into the call. Like, how could you ever recover from that? Like, you changed your name to Saudi. You changed your name to Saudi scripts. That, that, that it was not, wasn't Saudi script, it was Arabic script. But, but Arabic let, let me script, counter sorry. that by saying it was partly a, a piss take. And secondly, um, I did call out their human rights record on Galway Bay. I also compared the name of the team to a kebab shop. And uh, I did for Saudi investors. And uh, there is a piece there. Like, what actually happened? Where are they gone? Well, but well, like in France... Was there not something involved in a cop or something? I don't know. Can we tell anyway, that story? What, yeah. Whatever happened, thankfully the Saudis didn't take over. But it does feel like the League of Ireland counterculture has never been greater. And that, like, do I want to be following, like... Like, as Chelsea, Man City, you know, do I want to be following Newcastle or do I want to be following, like, Bows and Rovers? And seeing, um, you know, uh, Damien Duff get his players to throw their um, shirts into the ground, which didn't go down well with Bows fans, which is another thing we'll talk about later. But it just feels real. And, and I don't know, the Premier League just feels horrible at the moment. Well, yeah, but I mean, as I said, is it, is it making people turn off the games? No, it's not. I think it's getting them to turn off the whole kind of philosophy or concept to an extent. Like, you know, I, I didn't watch that game. To, to, to a point, Johnny, but I, I had a beer last Friday. I sent you a picture of it. It's called Echo Chamber. Nice beer, by the way. Nice. I think it's a bit of an echo chamber on this. Not, like, not, not sponsored. Uh, it's very interesting listening to people and Neville and Carragher and Sky, and they're coming around to this discussion. But again, like the horse is bolted here, you know? The horse is bolted on Crystal this. Palace so, were playing Man City last night, and there was only one game for me, and that was Galway United and Treaty for a fiver. Well, it was one game for me because I was working on it. It was the Dock Shamrock Rovers, where the Dock, of course, have had their own experiences with quirky owners in recent times. Um, probably not the case. I think there's a real sense that it's it's come. That it's a happier ship um, now. And Stephen O'Donnell, I spoke to him after. But it sounds like you felt it was just, I don't know, good decent contest. Yeah, I thought it was a good game for a nil-nil. You look at the result, you probably say a bit boring, but it was far from that. Um, Tough first half, we done well. Should have been going in in the lead on chances without a doubt. Um, we had three or four very good chances. Started the second half well. Then obviously, as I said, there Rovers are always going to have a spell in this in this league. They're always going to have a spell against every team because they just have that quality. They had a spell. Were giving us a bit of trouble down our left or right, which is sort of direct ball really. Um, Nathan's pulled off a great save. Did a couple other chances. Then we go down the other end. Keeper makes great save from Pat's header. And then obviously we have a massive chance at the deck, but 
you know, I thought we were finishing the game strong again, which is good for our lads in regards to belief. Um, we went for it in regards to changes as the game and the second half went on, so that's the way we want our teams to play if, if it's in the melting pot. Um, we don't really want to be consolidating, we want to go and, and win the game, even from a mentality and a mindset point of view for the players. How, how big might that be for Nathan? I mean, he gives away a penalty on Friday. I know there was more reasons than just him for that, mm. but still, just to yeah, sure that sits with him for a few well, days. He's a good whatever. temperament, you know, yeah. he's done that on Friday. Look, it's not a blatant error, you know, and keepers, every keeper in the world, it's very hard to make judgment calls in split second and get them all right. Every keeper in the world, the top, the best ever, have made, have made sort of poor judgment calls, but he's a great temperament. You can see that tonight. I thought even before the save, he was calm and assertive and assured, so, um, you know, great. Like, it's an unbelievable save, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, so it's great for him, and ultimately that's his third clean sheet in six games, so... He can be happy with a start, and you know it's a tough position for such a young keeper, a young player, playing goalkeeper. It's cutthroat. Um, you make a mistake more often than not, ends up in a goal. So above any position on the pitch, a young player, a keeper is the hardest. So he's going to, he's learning on the job in the sense of it's, it's first about a first team games. You know he's coming from basically playing non-competitive games um, into that type of atmosphere. Uh, against good players so it's great for I know you uh, would have preferred to win but like taking it all into account with Nathan Dan Lewis and stuff like they, you know, that group of players that'll stand them tonight it's something you can build them really isn't it yeah without a doubt ultimately we're playing against a team that are three or four years you know they're there three or four years they have loads of experience um, you know like for our our younger boys that's their first day. This, like, as I said, they're learning on the job. They're not coming from anywhere else with a wealth of experience. This is their experience here now, you know. And it's not as if a lot of them came in really early at the start of pre-season. Either they were coming in as pre-season was going on, so they've not really had the five or six weeks to settle in to a pre-season or into a new club. So it, it is pretty much learning on the job. So they can be delighted. Um, you know, they're playing against good players and players that have been there. Um, for seasons and internationals and adept bringing on more for League of Ireland standards top quality players so that'll give them belief and and, and you know it's a good as well sort of um, eye opener for lads that have no clue about the League of Ireland they, they do now in regards to the, the good quality and there's very good individuals Is there a balancing act with being patient with exactly that like lads learning on the job lads and there is the there is and do you have to as the yeah manager, big time and supporters as well in regards especially here been used to a decade of dominance um, so I don't think they've been brilliant like that they do realise we're at the very start of our journey again it's, it's the start of it again um, and ultimately we can't be complacent we can't expect any game you know oh, we should win that because for now them days them days are gone we have to be at it to win games um, and we have a lot of young players it's a totally sort of facelift in regards to God why so the sport has been brilliant and um, players their application which is all you can ask for has been brilliant so like it was tonight again and once they give that ultimately there can be frustration and different things but what more can you ask for in regards players giving their all for, for the team and for the town yeah, the, the pressing tonight was Impressive, you know, you must be pleased with that element of it. Yeah, and look at you see, it's not just um, any successful team around Europe now. What do they all have in common? Like, they all press well. And City are the benchmark in regards to technical ability, but they also press unbelievably well. So, the teams that don't press well and are lazy, you know, you can see it right across the board, aren't successful. So, it's fairly black and white in that regard for us. You played Rod on Friday. You, you played them in the Jim Malone Cup for the start of the season. Like, how sort of happy are you with how you've moved on from them? I appreciate pre-season. Yeah, you know, but, it's a different animal. But do you feel that night even helped you come forward yeah, in some did. ways? And like, like so many of the lads had played together that night. You know what I mean? Um, so, and it's it's still like we're still we're not the trajectory is not going to be beautiful and smooth. Like we're going to hit bumps along the way. There's going to be sort of disappointing nights. Um, Friday now is a test. Regards us mentally and physically of getting back up to a level so got to a level we played Friday played again Monday high octane game against the defending champions so we're going to come down again off it tomorrow and then, and Wednesday and Thursday 
then, then you know it's a test for good for good players do it good teams do it they can get back up to a level again on Friday night and we know if we don't like we get, we'll get turned over against teams so it's it's that's where it is and that's a test for young boys too that they mightn't be used to backing it up you know we've had seven games in a month like this is going to be a third game in the week which the first month of the season is I don't know do they put any thought into it but I don't know how logically you can say right we're starting off the season we're going to play seven games in the first month mm. when players you know they're not like we see we've injuries tonight you go through all the squads they're all players down and it's just it's disappointing for them players because it'd be different having a halfway through a season but when players are robust or into the rhythm of the season they have 90 minutes under their belt but to go straight off the bat um, it's very tough and as you see across the board as I said squad wise there is players you know um, getting injuries uh, international break coming up so Friday's game is a bit more significance in that if you yeah like as we said before well, last week like it was go let, let's go three games in a week and then we get a little bit of we get a little bit of a breather so we we're two out of the three games down and as I said we're going into that and then we can you know keep the foot in the pedal on Friday and then we can we can sort of release it a little bit and they can get their little couple of days breather Stevie gives me the impression um, that and, and this has been consistent throughout this kind of short term at Dundalk that uh, he just speaks as if he knows or he's very confident that this is a thing that will deliver in time he's confident in the players I thought that was quite an interesting interview because the whole issue of players coming in from England and from Wales and Scotland and so on um, they need uh, it's kind of like a crash course into League of Ireland they don't have very long to adjust and we've seen some of the particularly the goalkeepers this year they've had a kind of a hit and miss time but so far that Shepard saved them yeah, well, I think, you know, the Shepherd did well. I mean, I think um, McCarry, some of, some of McCarry's deliveries, there's something about McCarry serving stuff on a plate here. I'll come back to that at a later date. But um, there was like uh, Dan Williams and stuff, Joe Adams. And I think I felt like an outlet when he signed for the dog because I, I felt like my mother or my father was like, I wonder if he had anything to do with McCarry. <laughs> like, came into my head, you know, your mother said, God, I wonder, are they related? Of course they are, as it turns out. Yeah, but anyway, there's not too many McCarries and stuff. Loading yeah, his yeah. Uh, deliveries last night. Yeah, but it's, it's always it's, it's always it's always the way. But the McCarries and stuff clearly are just one family. But anyway, the boy can deliver. He can deliver. Um, but the, the point I was going to make is that when O'Donnell left Pats and there's all that rancor and it'll come up again in a couple of weeks now when they're they're you know they, they have the big game in Richmond. First. But but there was some like really ungenerous spin. There was a lot of stuff coming out. Um, from Pats at that stage which was you know, going to influential places that could get it out there in social media and stuff and you're kind of wondering oh god I, I don't know uh, and some of the opinions expressed were well it's whenever all about to employ. Well, well I'm just saying whenever it comes down to it it's, oh, it's all about recruitment uh, it's about the players you sign you know Donald signed some duds in the first year and you know, didn't you know? You know, signed better last year, and that was the turnaround. And it's like it's completely forgetting the fact that even though he was like this traitor who left, like the, the, a couple of days earlier in the cup final, you had Lee Desmond talking about culture, you had Ian Birmingham talking about culture, how it would be completely improved. Um, and I, and we know that he's got they've got a terrific replacement in Clancy. But ultimately, the reason I think that St Pat's were unhappy he left because they knew what a brilliant manager he was potentially going to be you know and it is on the way to becoming um, and we'll see listen we could be we could sound like idiots in a couple of years and this is just propaganda um, because we know but also the fact but, that you know but, clubs, clubs but, can sack managers and they can well, you know, of course involved. like this was done on his terms no of course but no but it's, that's beside the point I guess what I'm saying is like it looks like he's he's going to be a very good manager it would appear and all the noises are that the sort of the atmosphere in Dock is very good the type of characters they've signed have been good as well, I think, which is a big thing too. And that would have been a big Stephen Kenny thing as well, like recruiting characters for the dressing room. Um, and uh, I, I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to be good over the next couple of years. And, and uh, I think I've made this point previously, uh, the Dogs budget this year was always going to be reasonably competitive, but it's not that big, you know, but 
they have secure ownership who I think once things are going well will, will help them strengthen maybe in the summer but certainly for next season certainly the next couple of years so um, I think that's probably where his contentment comes from because he probably knows that they're um, they're going to be heading in the right direction again Yeah very interesting first division as well Cork City obviously beating Waterford United uh, Waterford rather 2-0 Waterford Waterford yeah, Galway FC Waterford FC Galway no, United yeah. all these names yeah. I just remember, yeah, clubs do come and go and come back and so on and so forth in different guises, different clothes, blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, that was a big result for Cork City. Colin Healy back, I think it was his birthday as well, back in the hot seat, uh, registering a massive win. Another big crowd at Turner's Cross. They're averaging around 4,000 a game so far, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were to do a list of... Uh... I was saying this some the other day, like, take playoff games or end of season, you know, to win the league type games out of the equation... And I'd love to see a list of like the, the top league attendances for first division games in the last 20 years. The FBI put something out the other day about mm-hmm. the top 10 attendances so far this season across both divisions. Now, I think even that would be out of date now because I think the dog Shamrock Rovers last night was three and a half thousand. That go into the top 10 and I presume, you know, one or two of the other games. But um, I say for like regular season, first round of fixtures, first division games, um, those Cork ones and, and some of those Galway ones would be would be well up there, you know. So a lot of this as um, well is like a lot of this as much as like I've I think we all have a love hate relationship with social media. A lot of this is driven by social media, like and the Galway United have a really large young student or younger following now and uh, I think it's great and there's a real vibrancy at the grounds like we have a kind of a responsibility if you're involved in the club to make the experience as good as possible and like a lot of if you go to a, a football match and you're kind of you're a bit of a floating voter and the atmosphere is crap like you're, you're probably not going to come back No that is very true and, and um, there's, there's a lot of references last night to even the I, I saw the Pats goals last night Owen Doyle home to you and I was like God that stand behind the goal is almost full I was like what the hell is going on here like Pat's I would have been quite critical I think in, you know in the six years of this show um, probably would have been quite critical at times having lived in Dublin 8 at the start of it you know would have been quite critical of Pat's uh, in terms of maybe their support um, and, and, and rallying sort of the area but like it's, it's terrific I wonder if some of it as well it just goes to show that sometimes getting to a cup final can maybe leave a legacy too mm, because mm. I think I think there was a sense of um, you know the, the great work done by Dave Morrissey and the people in the community but maybe they needed a cup final event to really to give it like a central focus to, you know to and he subsequently left but like maybe that they've got people back in for the cup final and they've kept them because that was a great event and a great occasion. Um, and that goes to show like why cup runs can't be, can be really meaningful to a club. And maybe there's one or two other clubs who could do with maybe something like that this year to stir their sort of latent support. Okay. But anyway, let's go to the mailbag. And of course, more than that, we have our new mailbox, mailbag team chair. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. I, I, I like this. I mean, where do we go with the mailbag? There was a lot of references to the Pats crowd. We've covered that. There was that YouTube thing from David Wilson. We've covered that. So um, apologies for that. There was a reference from a Rovers fan to the incessant misogynistic chanting from sections of the Dundalk support last night. Um, I have to be honest. It's a weird one. I spoke to someone who was watching on the stream yesterday. Um, and they said the atmosphere in Oriel seemed quite um, subdued, but it didn't feel that way in the ground. But the way that the noise travels around that main stand, you couldn't actually really hear the away support or much of the home support. So I don't know what that's about. Someone wants to follow through. Uh, Jonathan Rogers, can you send well wishes and a speedy recovery to the poor UCD lad who was nutmegged three times by Chris Forrester on Monday night? Oh Thoughts and prayers. Because he said, there's a nutmeg buzz going on this season, and Forrester at the centre of it. Al Toy, regular contributor. Um, I thought Charles were the better team for the first time this year against Bowes. Another player that's gone under the radar is Shane Farrell. Now, there was a couple of references to this um, from Damien Duff, apparently, post-match. The 11 Charles players threw their jerseys into the crowd. Now, I've had some ungenerous uh, reviews of this from Bowes people who said Charles set up very defensively um, and then they, they conceded a goal against 10 men and... You know, and to, I read to, but uh, one of the Bose fans said at the end, Duff got all the shell squares, throw their jerseys into the crowd behind the goal, meaning you had 11 clowns and sports bras who had just blown <laughs> a 1 0 lead against 10 men in the derby. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, Damien Duff just he stirs emotions on people too. I mean, it does appear they did set up quite defensively again, which similar to that game against Derry that I saw, uh, and they're clearly trying to start with the building blocks of get that structure down. And maybe it's not necessarily a great watch, but the people assume because Damien Duff was like a, a a thrilling winger that his team were going to suddenly play with the same abandon, but actually he's this really sort of. Um, deep thinker of a coach you know um, clearly they need I, 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 I don't know I think maybe is he just trying to get a bit of a rally and cry thing going like with that group and build a little bit of spirit around it I don't know um, but anyway Finaldo Colin Healy's eye for a player Aaron Bulger's tackling Ali Gilchrist's assurance I feel this might be a Cork fan um, Rory Keating being a pest and our academy boys becoming men what a weekend and what a season we have ahead of us in Division 1 the true league of Ireland. Um, <laughs> but it's good. It's just great to have sort of people in Cork in, in good vibes again, in good spirits. You remember um, um, at the end of the Caulfield era, there were, I think they played Finn Harps and there were like 1,500 people at the game or something. They're averaging 4,000 at the moment. And I think Colin Healy, uh, I think the respect people have for him down there, you know, the fact that kind of he's been allowed to, you know, take that little bit of time off for, for personal reasons, which was obviously... Um, and we wish him well on his on his route back, whatever. But I think he, I think people really like him down there. And there's something happening in Cork. There's definitely something. Yeah. Happening. No, well, I, I think like, I think there's something happening everywhere because of the post-pandemic enthusiasm. Uh, and I, to go back to your previous point, I agree. It's about clubs capitalising and creating the right environment. Like I'm sure there was enthusiasm at Bray at the start, but then they did badly, and maybe it wasn't a good vibe. So people drop away. It's just good that in some of the places where they've had that vibe. Uh, the team has also delivered results too, which which helps. You know, I mean, it does help. You can't you can't you can't sort of ignore that in in, in every case. Um, Mark Murphy, with the lack of airtime from the national broadcaster, when are we going to have Ward versus McBennett two? In brackets, and in quotation marks, the clattering at Oliver Marketing. Not quite the rumble in the jungle, but I mean, I wouldn't you know. fancy getting Declan McBinnett on at the minute because the viewing figures were so shit uh, for the first two games that I don't. I actually, I'm coming to the idea that sporadic TV coverage is almost irrelevant. I think it's so so irrelevant. It's completely against the tide of interest at at the moment in terms of social media. Echo chamber, Johnny. Echo chamber. Echo chamber again. Echo chamber. Like how many people south of Tala, with the exception of Cork and Waterford? are even having discussions about the League of Ireland at the moment. Maybe social media helps them. Maybe you can talk about some mates we know from there who go. In reality, I still think visibility on national broadcaster is vital. Or a so they, national they're broadcaster. They're literally not watching it. But, so but no, Johnny, Johnny, you say you say they're literally not watching it. I'm broadly aware of those viewing figures, right? The viewing figures of the first game of the season uh, are, are still more than the total attendances of um, any game that weekend added up. I would That's believe not I a, did the not a comparison, Dan. That is well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you can have 50,000 people watching it or you can't. I would rather go for yes. I would go for yes rather than ah, fucked up. That would just be my opinion, to be honest. So I think we I need think the, games on a regular slot. Like uh, no, 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 sorry. I do agree with you on that. And like, I think, you know, the Robbers Bowes thing, we probably should have mentioned it. Like, uh, again, you know, if, if there's a big clash with a rugby weekend... And those clashes, I think that's an FEI scheduling issue as much as them. But uh, then maybe look at the odd game on a Thursday or whatever. You know, I think you need to be a little bit creative. Even a, the, the, there's difficulties with that. There's a lot of managers. Stephen O'Donnell, we didn't really react to it, grumbling about the fixtures, you know, the, the seven games in the first month. And that's coming up from a few people, you know, that the fixture schedule is quite intensive early on. Uh, so maybe moving games around with TV is hard to do at the moment. But it's certainly something that I think should be looked at. Um, but I wouldn't be turning my back on, on TV. I, I'm not I don't turning my back. But okay, if, if, if the, 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 the evidence of, we'll say, the, the, the viral stuff like Malin, what that can do, and like the, the young people going to games, I really don't think it matters a shit to them what's on RT in a Friday. No, night. no, I, really I, I agree. But it does matter in terms of like just broader issues for the league, like, you know, title sponsors and stuff like that. It does matter. It does mm. matter. Consistency matters. Um, Gordon Brett asked, what's Johnny's prediction for the Johnny Morris Burke Derby this Friday in Lissy One? I don't even need to ask you. I know what it is. Yeah, um, it does um, it, it does bring back no, 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 that no, no, great United chant, which Eamon Sweeney brought up in the Zoni One Red Army, and it is a classic. Ooh, ah, Johnny Morris Burke. I just absolutely love. Yeah, uh, Andy Burton has been in touch. <laughs> Andy Burton has been in touch uh, with he had Banks crossed off, Seaman crossed off, and then Nathan Shepard. I mean, Andy Burton. I mean, really, like 
Andy Burton and Nathan Shepard, I'm sort of imagining that video for Eminem and Stan here now, except for the fact that actually in this case, uh, Nathan Shepard is represented by Andy Burton's uh, group. But, you know, just laying on a bit thick, Andy, maybe, I don't know. Um, Jake Hyland is looking for Cheltenham naps. I mean, really, Jake Hyland like, still has Drawdy United in his bio. I mean, should even be, you know, should even be doing yeah. that at the moment. You'd miss Jake from the league, to be fair, but we're not asking for your chat on that. Adam might be missing um, at the moment. They might be, yeah. Uh, Patrick Tuddy uh, won our, our, our prize recently. Um, there won't be more than six points between first and third this year. It'll be one tight league this season. I'm not sure that'll be the case at the end of it, to be honest. It is but... absolutely alarming that we haven't mentioned Sligo Rovers at all yet. So well, here, here we come. Here we come. Um, JOS, Nando Pinacker, surely the signing of the season so far. Maybe Aidan Keita is. Who knows? Such a shame that he's only on loan. He's on loan from a club in Portugal. Well and Gary do Evan three times. <laughs> Him and Gary Buckley, one of, if not the best centre-back pairings in the league. It is true. I mean, I suppose the one thing about Sligo Rovers is like, they did start very well and they did lead to the break last season and then they completely capitulated. So maybe people aren't going to get too carried away by a good start from them because they had the good start last season too, you know? So maybe that's why people aren't um, sort of losing their mind over it, but they probably were forgotten in a lot of the season previews as well. They did finish comfortably third, albeit with most of their points coming, you know, from from early on in the season. The Joy and um, Jessica Ferry alliance is going to be just very, very entertaining this season on, Dan. You know, this is an alliance that is going to bring Sligo over spaces. See, well, I haven't even seen that alliance because you can't watch the games back. You know, if it was some kind of season pass thing where you could actually watch the games well, back the next day. You, you're not um, going to see the alliance when it's just two commentators. But well, yeah, sorry, you, sorry, can. Sorry. Just, you can watch I the games listen, back. Listen, I can listen to the alliance. Yeah, but I mean... You talk about like the moment has passed, Johnny. The moment has passed. I'd love to. I'd love a season pass. I probably will pay for some of the Saturday evening games when they're only playing that week. But you know, uh, Tony White, A. Durgan, A. Dervin, greater than Zavi. That's the tweet. He must have done all right last night. Then in in that case, um, that was the main hub of our Twitter response. And then of course we go to Instagram. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen over there, Johnny? Like what's what's going to happen on Instagram? Um, what's your uh, well, just as I said, it's a more looser medium, you know, mm-hmm. and you get shorter questions. And they also people. The thing about Twitter is you have to post your your, your messages publicly, whereas our replies yes. on Instagram aren't seen by people, so yes. you can say anything. So we um, a lot of a lot of Cork City fans, Cork rising like a phoenix. We've covered that. Joseph Lennon. There was more people at Pats for UCD than there was at the last three meetings in Richmond. Mm. I mean, that that's amazing, really. If there was, this is an interesting one. Um, F one G O F. Um, from the, the GOFs family and I don't know where they're from um, has there ever been a season where away wins are this rare I need to look into that I know there was obviously a big thing about post-COVID closed door or the closed doors games um, has there been a real sell them you know sell them a, a small number of away wins and that was the case last night alright um, we need to look at that I suppose Shamrock Rovers have lost their, their two games away from home um, maybe the, these home crowds are also having a big influence on home results. It's definitely yeah, something definitely, in that to maybe come back to that. You know? Definitely having an influence. Um, Struggled for take of many away wins, like Derry won in Shells, Bowes won in, uh, sorry, Pats won in Harps the weekend, but maybe there's not a huge amount of them. Uh, Owen Keating, Shelburne celebrating a one-all draw like they won the Champions League. <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of that going around the place. Do you remember like Jurgen Klopp? I met this point to someone last night. It was slagging me. But do you remember Jurgen Klopp early in his days at Liverpool got slaughtered for bringing the players to the cop after like a nondescript game of some description? Maybe Duff was trying to get a bit of that energy going or something. You know, I don't know what. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, fantastic league. it's fantastic yeah. league, and in fairness to, in fairness to uh, Duff, like they've played, they've played some really, really tough games already, and they've been very competitive. <clears throat> I, I do get the sense, Dan, just looking at <clears throat> the table, it, it's kind of five, six games in. It's taken a shape where I'm virtually certain who the bottom three are going to be. BK, um, yeah, B, BK O'Donnell says Finn Harps are in big, big trouble at both ends of the pitch. Looks more I, like a first division sure spot. I don't. I think Harps will be okay. I think UCD will almost certainly finish last, and if they don't draw, they will. Yeah, I just think Harps just like it seems like Harps have played well in some of the games and not taken points. But the danger with some teams is you start the season, you don't take points, and you play well, and then you start playing badly. And then, like, you know what I mean? And we've seen this, like, Harps dropped off last season. And it, it seems like maybe they've had some good performances, haven't got points. And now, 
maybe their performances doesn't seem like it was a great one last night um, in Sligo. So they went up to the dock and apparently should have been ahead at half time. And now, you know, you'd expect them dock to sort of to finish miles ahead of them. So it's sort of, it's funny how it swings. Um, Jack Byrne, again, Bo's Jack Byrne. Bo's looking like they're lacking a threat going forward. Um, I mean, they missed promise badly on Friday. I know he was back last night, but um, again, like I suppose, they have a lot of attacking talent though. I wouldn't have thought lacking a threat would be their issue. It's maybe just... Um, putting all the elements of the, of oh, they the squad Buckley together. Like they've, they've a lot of offensive type players now. I think they're trying to compensate by playing a bit more conservatively with the players that they have. But there are more murmurs from both fans now the last week or so. Okay, well listen, I think that's the... Yeah, Annie Brown-Sauce was questioning Ali Coote's performance. I know he's been... Um, Again, Annie Brown sauce. I mean, we just drop it in like it's a normal, you know. <laughs> uh, how are you getting on, Annie? Um, but um, makes a reference to Ali Coote. I know he's, see, he's playing in a different position, isn't he? So that's the, the challenge. Um, that is a small bit of the challenge that we face. And then um, Crutzy1997 says, all set up for a great fixture in the Brandywell on Friday. I see they had Jonathan Hill there for the FBI last night uh, doing his tour. Um, and they were suggesting it's all set for a, a high-scoring game this Friday. But let's let's go through this week's this week's fixtures. Of course, it's Derry against St Pat's on Friday. Um, what else have we got on the schedule? We've got Shelburne, yeah, Finn Harps. play Bowes, Drogheda, Dundalk, Shelburne, Finn Harps, as you mentioned, uh, Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers, uh, and then there's a break until the first of April, Dan. Yeah, because the international break, which is a bit of a, it's a new thing to change the pace, but um, it's probably. Um, might be a welcome time to recharge the batteries in some places where they picked up little knocks. What have we got in the first division this week, John? First division, Treaty Cork City, if that goes ahead. Um, by the time uh, you listen to this, you mightn't be any the wiser, actually, because the pitch has been such an issue. Uh, spoken to a few people in Limerick, a couple of kind of, uh, I guess, complex arguments in terms of the pitch, but it's not in a good state and it's not good for Treaty at the moment. A pitch that'll be fine is obviously Lissy Wool and the All Weather for Athlone, Go United. Go United, desperate record in Athlone last season, and we'll obviously be uh, hoping that they should win that. Uh, Cove Ramblers, who had an amazing win in Athlone last night, um, really, really dramatic stuff with 10 men. Play Bray Wanderers, who are uh, getting off the mark, obviously, themselves, and Wexford, who contested a really entertaining game against Waterford uh, at Friday night. They had last night off they host Longford Town uh, on Friday night and uh, yeah that's where we're at Dan yeah now last week's mystery voice this was the mystery voice Roxanne you don't have to put out the red light Roxanne you don't have to put out the red light so that was Stephen McGuinness and that was yeah I mean Johnny again like I mean you're, you're coming under script like there's questions being asked about uh, your role in the mystery voice uh, conception here because well questions I mean, by you yeah, by me, yeah. But like, the fact is, if you have a competition, I mean, quite a lot of entries, and no one got it right. I, I'm trying to think. There was various guesses going in. I think Paul Curry was a was it was guessed as an answer. Um, I'm trying to figure out. It's I'm not supposed to, to be easy, Dan. Like life, it's not supposed. Well, to be well, like Paddy Barrett was a, was a question. Liam Carney was a guess. Liam Few Carney. Like that. I mean, I don't know. But, like, uh, it is supposed to be easy, Johnny, because we want loads of entrants. I mean, John, we just followed this. We don't, like, this isn't like a, I'm trying to set a puzzle for well, someone. Not gonna like, let, we want, uh, we want, we're not actually want engagement. Do you understand how this works? Like, we're, we're not, not going to get the house boys away with it because this week's winner is going to win not only this week's prize, but last week's as well. It should be eight brews. So, and we're also going to make it a bit easier just to appease you, Dan. So, this is this week's mystery voice. My lovely horse running through the field. Where are you going with your fetlocks blowing in the wind? I do think that is a little bit easier. And uh, yeah, it'll be a very nice uh, St. Patrick's weekend type uh, prize to win then. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're into it or you could give it as a guest to someone else, you know, you don't always have to be a, give it a drinker to win these things. Else. You can, as a, as a gift to someone else, yeah. we're not encouraging Bad people guess. to, we're not encouraging people to, to binge here at all. Let's be clear, you know, two fours, you can give them to a, give them to a mate, share them together. You know, after a match, I don't know, do whatever you want to do. Before um, we uh, finish up, we're going to hear now from John O'Neill from You Boys in Green, uh, who's organising a fundraiser for the Red Cross uh, for the Ukraine crisis. Um, when was the last time you were in Whitehall, Dan? Last time I was in Whitehall, I saw. Rather than in, in London, obviously. I think when Stephen Kenny came into the Ireland job, or the under 21 job, I think there was a game in Whitehall where a home base Ireland 21 team played a game. I remember I walked in 
and I saw the aforementioned Andy Burton standing with his, uh, his good mate, John Gill, um, inside the door because they were both working for Dundalk at the time. I actually wasn't even sure Andy Burton was working for Dundalk at that stage. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, that was... I think Zach Albazetti played in that and quite a few players. Um, and, and yeah, it was a, I can't even remember who they were playing against, but it was a, a home-based under-21 squad when we were very much excited to see what Stephen Kenny was going to do at that stage. So that's the last time I was there. I don't have a... Back in the day, I remember the bar having a few points in there after going to like first division games and stuff like that. But in recent memory, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I went there a bit during college, I remember. Um, and you did feel like the League of Ireland God. You're just going along to a home farm game, whoever they were playing, very few people at it. Probably not the best standard. I think we've come a long, long way since then, even if we have a long way to go. But I did speak to John from the U Boys in Green uh, fan group about uh, the fundraiser in Whitehall. Joined now by John O'Neill uh, of You Boys in Green. And uh, John, in association with Future Ticketing and uh, obviously Home Farm Football Club, you're setting up uh, a fundraising game Friday week at Whitehall. I think a ground familiar to a lot of League of Ireland fans um, in aid of the Ukrainian crisis. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So I suppose by, by way of background, um, a number of us would have went over uh, to represent Ireland in, in, in a fans football tournament in Lviv in Ukraine um, from about 2011 onwards. And the first year we went over, we, we actually only had about seven players into 11 side tournament. The organizers gave us um, locals to represent us for, from Lviv in Ukraine. And they kind of be, became um, very much friends with us over the years. And even when we went back with a full squad several times later, we always kind of played with them. So we built up a lot of friends through that kind of football circle in, in Lviv in Ukraine. And um, to, see, to see what they're going through now is it, it, just devastating, really. Um, it, we're just, I suppose, once you've bunch of fans went over, a lot of League of Ireland fans between us, um, different one of the countries, Bowles fans, Shamrock Rovers, Pats, Cork, Drogheda. So we're kind of from all over the country, really, um, up north as well. But um, now to see what, what's going on, like, as I said to you earlier, to, to give an example, we had a message with them um, only about a week before the war began and um, to start playing a, a fans match against them. Um, for, for the Ireland-Ukraine game, which, which was due to be in the Viva in June. Obviously, it won't be going ahead now. Um, but to see what they're going through, and, and, and they're all in battle, they're, they're messaging us, looking for looking for armour, looking for defence. Um, their lives have just been turned upside down in a moment. And, you know, we built up so much friendly relationships with them over there, and they were so welcoming. So it's just... Um, it's devastating to see. So I, I guess, like everyone, we, we were feeling kind of perilous, helpless, and, and still are kind of bordering on guilt. So so we're going to, you know, what can we do? So um, we arranged this, this fans match in um, in Home Farm to, to, to play it. And, and, and for us, everyone has been great in terms of getting on board. We've got Home Farm and um, have given us the ground free of charge, the 2,000 capacity on the night. And um, we're also selling virtual tickets for it. And um, future ticketing, as you mentioned, have been brilliant as well. They're providing us with, um, they're waiving all fees, first of all. They're, they're also providing things like free scanners on the night and helping us to, um, to get the message out there. And then we, we have a good Irish band, Catalpa, who are playing uh, kind of free post-match entertainment after. The, they're a good sort of Irish ballad band. And we have um, a couple of Ukrainian singers as well, kind of sort of in between that. So um, I think the Ukrainian team that, that we're playing against, they're all based in Ireland and, and Dublin. And they're really happy to get involved and they're glad to do something. Obviously, they're going through unthinkable turmoil with their family at home and things like that at the moment. But um, I think this is a great way to kind of rally around the, the Ukrainian community in Ireland. And um, we're also putting up a, a Ukrainian flag outside Home Farm, um, which will be there in advance of, of, of sort of um, Paddy's Weekend Festival. So it's um, everyone's kind of supporting it. And, They'll have ball boys there from local clubs like St. Kevin's, Shelburne, Drunkhondra, and Glasnevin, and a couple of other clubs as well. So it, it, it's a good sort of community initiative. And we recently um, we got confirmed attendance from the Ukrainian ambassador to Ireland. So we're, we're really hoping to get as, as many as, as, as we can on the night um, as, as possible. And I guess um, people who support it, where will the money go? Um, yeah, the, this will be going to the Red Cross campaign. Um, which is kind of the main one in Ireland. I, I, I think they will show, they, they will give the tickets out, or sorry, they, they will distribute the money 
um, shortly as, as quick as possible. Um, they, they get it over there. There's a lot of frontline workers there. Quite high profile. That they're on the, the late late um, and everything like that. So um, it's just yeah. If, if people go go to um, ybig.ie, it's you boys in green. It stands for .ie. Um, and, and they'll see the tickets there straight away. You get a match ticket and to come down on, on the night. We're, we're still working on a couple of ex-players. We haven't got them confirmed yet, but, but we're hopeful. And the bars will be open on the night, so, so it's a good thing to kind of, to kind of go to. And we'll have the Irish and Ukrainian national anthems beforehand, music, um, and just, just kind of corporate tickets available as well for, for any company that, that, that would like to get involved. Any chance of getting uh, Johnny McDonald to play? I think he's been on the record to say the, the bar serves the best Guinness in Dublin and Whitehall. Yeah, well, Johnny would be more than welcome, and and any any other um, um, ex players or managers you, you have on the show, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great point to get us there and a good band to listen to after. So, yeah, you'd be more than welcome. Thanks a million for your time, John. Okay, thanks a lot, Johnny. Yeah, and as reference at the end there, um, it is a fantastic point again. It's Johnny Mac wasn't wrong, Dan. The Whitehall point again. It's the last time I was there was for um, Go United and oh. A team in the FAI Cup, Collins something. Oh, I remember that game. Was there was a there was a goal scored very early in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, Alan um, Murphy had a pop at me for tipping United to lose in the race in post. But to be fair, we were pretty shy at the time. Yeah, that does actually ring a bell. I should say about Whitehall on Tuesday week, um, or next Tuesday, sorry, the twenty second as well. Is that twenty second? Yeah, it is. Uh, the under twenty, Jim Crawford's under twenty team are playing there. The, the the team he referenced last week for the two thousand and two generation. So, Dara Burns is going to be involved in that. It's actually mainly a sort of a an overseas based squad predominantly. There's a few home based goalkeepers. And I see Jim Crawford is named as twenty one squad there for um, the, the forthcoming competitive game in Sweden. And I see uh, the three goalkeepers are League of Ireland is Brian Maher, Luke McNicholas, who's on loan at Cliftonville and Adam Musu at Pats. Um, looking uh, scanning through the squad now, Andy Lyons is obviously in it, Dawson Devoy is in it, um, uh, and Colin Whelan is in it in terms of current League of Ireland players. The likes of Ross Tierney and Evan Ferguson are in the squad too. It's pretty much actually, as Crawford alluded to last week, it, it's quite a settled group. I think Aaron Cashin, uh, who we did mention in last week's show, uh, from Derby, he's probably the, the the one really sort of newer name in there that's been promoted, and, and Meepo was obviously back in as well too, or it was uh, stepping in. But anyway, I got um, to get the international break. Um, I got to get the yeah, I got to get the obligatory Alex Murphy reference in. Dan, he was unbelievable last night. Rave reviews from everyone there. And if he is to leave Go United, please Go United. Look at James Abankwa. Look at the money you can get for a really really promising centre half because right now this guy could go anywhere. He's amazing, and uh, I really really hope we enjoy him while it lasts. Yeah, you should. You should enjoy it. And we should, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to returning to that topic many, many times in the future, which I'm sure will. But I think we'll wrap it up. To, we'll make it a shorter show this week compared to. Uh, do you know, I'm just sitting on the couch and watching Cheltenham. Yeah. No fear you That's paid, seven. Not, no not fear going, you paid not, seven euro to watch a replay of one of the games from last night, I'd say. No, 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 no. And I, will, I won't be going, I'm not be going to the pub rent and no, no plans to do that. Uh, why would you do that of all the times to do that this week? Two bank holidays, nah, nightmare. Just watch <laughs> Chatham Thursday, Friday, uh, watch a game Friday night, maybe go to a game Friday night, see how it goes. And just uh, chill out, yeah, enjoy life. Yeah. What's your, what's your, so give, give us your. Give us your. It's it's Tuesday morning. Some people listening to this will want to. I mean, we have to keep Jake Holland happy. Give us your one uh, banker for the week. Just running later in the week. Come on. Banker for the give week is one. Vauban in the Triumph Hurdle. But um, just my my League of Ireland tipping at the moment. Um, I was just thinking back. I tip promise to be top scorer, which may or may not have a chance. Whatever that market is going to be mad, Dan. Like because McGonagall, um, Keena. Owen Doyle, obviously, um, whoever overs are going to score the goals. It, it, like it's just one of the fascinating aspects of uh, what might happen this season. It's volatile, um, a bit like the length of our episodes. So let's close it up. Let's let's be done. We'll be back next week, but we have no games to look ahead to. So it'll be a slightly different show next week. What we'll talk about. But, thanks to future you know, ticketing. Thanks to the Porterhouse Brew. I will be giving away two brews this week to eight brews, obviously, and also thanks to Collar and Cough.